Good morning, everyone. Hey, before we get into the rhythm of the day, I tried to catch everybody as they came in, but I failed. So Brian Vandaloon, who's my awesome friend, and Clayton, I, everyone needs a scrap of paper and a pen. So if you didn't see me this morning and get one, raise your hand. Brian and Clayton will come around and get that to you now. And while they're doing that, I might as well just kind of tell you what we're, what we're doing today. So I'm going to bring a message and then we're going to um, have a time of reflection. Then we're going to worship a little bit. We're going to come up and get the elements of communion, head back to our seats, worship a little more, and then we're going to take the elements together. So I'll lead us through all of that, okay? And then we're going to end the day with worshiping together. So while we're doing um, uh, whatever I'm trying to tell you, just details for the day, these elements will be handed to you by an elder wearing gloves and a mask. And if you'd prefer to have, um, what are they called, Jenny? Individual? Self-serve Self is in the back. If you do not want to, there's a little um, juice cup with a, with a wafer in it in the back. So when we get to that point, you can either come forward or you can head to the back. Everybody have a note card now? Oh, we still got a few up here. It's great. That's good. It's a good problem to have that there were too many people here that I couldn't get everybody a note card on your way in. But welcome. It is so good to be with you today as we continue in our Fruit of the Spirit uh, sermon series. I am blessed today to bring joy and peace. And hopefully those fruit will bear in me today and that will be reflected in us as we go through. So let me start uh, with a story. Back when I used to work at the Holiday Inn Express in Holland, Michigan, yes, I had a great job as a hotel person for many years before I came to Iowa. I would work first shift. And uh, so I would come in about 6.45 and I would replace the night auditors. Um, Courtney and Blair, I worked with them for all those years, and they would work seven days on and seven days off, 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. So by the time I got there, they were done, like done. And then I came in the way that I am, and uh, which was, in, in the words of Courtney, I was annoyingly chipper, <laughs> and she wanted nothing to do with me, and she was ready to go home and crash. Another person um, I heard of said, I had a friend who was in the hospital going through brain cancer treatments, chemotherapy, that kind of thing. And the nurse wrote on his chart as a negative comment, the patient is inappropriately joyful. <laughs> Do you know anyone in your life that's annoyingly chipper or inappropriately joyful? And to quote Michael Scott, why are they the way that they are? <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about peace. But first, I want to talk about what joy isn't. I would imagine that if you polled 100 people and said, describe joy for me, they'd probably come a lot closer to describing happiness. And I don't blame them. Um, for example... Happiness, which is, by the way, looking up the root words of things is fun. If you've never done it, 
Use Google. It's very easy. So Latin for happiness, root word is hap, and hap is chance. So happiness is a uh, spontaneous response to a temporary pleasure. And it makes you feel like things are good with you and with the world, right? All right, let's cue up the video. Here's an example of something that would make you happy. Good job, buddy. Keep going. Good job. Yeah, buddy. Come here. Yeah, buddy. Come here. Good job. Good job. So that's my son, TK. Those were his first steps, Christmas Day. Yeah, I know, right? Don't. Now I'm going to, and we don't have time. Okay? So, but that was a spontaneous response to a temporary pleasure. My son taking his first steps does not bring me true joy. It did bring me happiness, and it brought you a little happiness, so I thought it would help prove my point. So by contrast, though, joy is not determined by a sense of well-being because you can experience joy even when things are not good with you. You can be in the midst of an illness or um, uh, going through the bereavement of a loved one or maybe the loss of a job is imminent and you can still experience joy because true joy is grounded in our salvation, okay? It is grounded in the fact that we know what God has done for us in that Jesus has set us free from our sins, from the devil, and from death. But we must abide in the vine. So let us read today together uh, from John 15, 1 through 5, which is our passage. John 15, 1 through 5, and it is up on the screen. Wow, the whole thing, one slide, all right. So let's read this together, please. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it is even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And let's read that one again. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. People of God, this is the word of God. So we talked about what joy isn't. Let me talk about a couple things that can rob you and keep you from experiencing joy. Visual. The devil wants to rob you of your joy. He hates it when you are experiencing joy and any of the fruit of the spirit, but for today, joy and peace. He wants to take you down through your memory of the, of the garbage cans full of sin long in your past 
and rob you of your joy. But as we all need to be reminded almost daily in Romans 8, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, a Christian is able to say that I know the cure for when the devil comes to accuse me of my sins, long forgiven, if we've asked Jesus to forgive them, that is, and to find true rest and true joy and true peace, and that is Jesus. It's going to be like a a Sunday school lesson in here, guys. I'm going to keep going back to the answer is Jesus, and that we need to abide in the vine, as it says in John 15. So, when the devil accuses you, and you are aware of your weakness and aware of your failures, and by the way, when I say your, I'm talking about all of us, and aware that you don't have the power to live as we were intended to live, we need to go again and again and again back to the rock of our salvation. That is the distinguishing feature of the joy that is produced, the fruit that is bare, born, in us. What is the right word? Bore? The fruit is bore in us. All right, that sounds weird, but I'm going to trust smarter people over here. (laughs) So Romans 3.23, all have sinned. All of us have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of that sin is death. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though we are dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Someone shared with me, it's not that we are just hurt people in need of love, We are dead people in need of resuscitation. Jesus is the answer to those questions that we have and when the devil comes to accuse us and remind us of the garbage in our past. To experience true joy, we need to go back and back and back to the rock of our salvation. What is another hindrance of true joy? Paul says it's foolishness in Romans 1. God has revealed himself both in conscience and in creation, but man, in his foolishness, has turned his back on God. His heart has become darkened, and he embraces all kinds of things that take us and unravel us from all that God intended us to be. And finally, C.S. Lewis, who I love. If I have a list of top ten quotes, C.S. Lewis probably has six of them. This is what he says about foolishness. People are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because we can't imagine what is meant by a vacation at the ocean. We are far too easily pleased. We need to abide in the vine. So here's something interesting. Joy and peace are spoken of many times in the New Testament. Paul writes about them all the time. I think um, he's talked about love, joy, and peace 
like 20 times, like in a row, like love, joy, peace. And he also talks about joy and peace about nine or 10 times, okay? They're like twins. And if you're at home being like, actually, Brett, it's 13. BrettWTRCPella.com, I wanna have a discussion with you. Let's talk about it. Where did I miss it? I wanna know. Here are just two examples of where joy and peace are put together. If you're a note taker, Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the second one, Romans, turn the page, Romans 15, 13, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may over, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, like joy, peace comes from knowing that your account with God has been settled and that your debt has been paid on account of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And something that I feel like I've been living, living in a peace bubble for 32 years, because I had never heard of it until this last Advent season. I heard about it from a friend in California, a friend in Florida, and like 40 people here in Iowa. Peace is not simply the absence of something. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, I've known about that for a long time. Well, it blew my mind, okay? See, to me, a peace treaty is the absence of shooting guns at each other. The absence of turmoil in a marriage is when the spouses are at peace. That's what I thought. I thought that was it. Peace is just the absence of something. But rather, it is shalom. If you know this word, if you don't know any Hebrew, you probably know shalom. To be at peace, to be at true shalom, is to be at the fullest version of who you were intended to be. And then you can apply that to relationships and with countries, all that stuff. And by the way, talking about the root of things or the meaning of things, um, in Greek, peace is Irene. So if you ever run into an Irene, you now have a discussion topic to start with. You're welcome. Why do we need peace? Everybody, why do we need peace? The Bible says, by nature, we are alienated from God. We are in bondage to our own sinful desires, and the devil reminds us of them often. And we are in conflict not only with God and with others, but with ourselves. And because of our nature, our sinful desires that can keep us back, it says in Isaiah, we are like the tossing sea, for we cannot be quiet, and we toss up mire and dirt. And I picture, like, the ocean just crashing against the bluffs of a, of a mountain in Scotland or something. I just, that's, that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like I take one step forward and I take two steps back. I think I'm trying everything I can to fix things. We're in a new year. A lot of people are thinking of New Year's resolutions. 2020 was garbage, so 2021 is going to be my year. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to lose this amount of weight. I'm going to, you know, save this amount of money, whatever it is. But if we don't abide in the vine, the fruit that we bear won't be much good. Jesus says, in me, you might have peace. He doesn't say in my teachings. He doesn't say if you follow the law. He says, in me, you might have peace. The Bible says, 
that the reason we feel like that ocean bashing against the cliffs is because we are at enmity with the God that created us. We are alienated from the God that created us. And he created us to be in relationship with himself. We must abide in the vine. So there's this band, kind of a one-hit wonder from the 60s from Liverpool called The Beatles. They have a song. (laughs) Some of you are like, you have respect for The Beatles, son. Um, I like The Beatles. It's fine. But they say, help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, I need someone. I wonder if Paul or John or whoever wrote that song was misplacing that cry for help away from our creator. And how often do we do that? Like I said, with the New Year's resolutions, we do everything we can in our power. We try to go this way and God is there waiting for us to abide with him. Have you seen that painting by Michelangelo? And if I'd thought about it, it would be on the slide, but I just thought of it now, so it's not gonna help you guys. The creation of Adam, okay? It's, it's God reaching to Adam, and he's like, he's like straining. You can see the muscles in his forearm are just, at, it's in, ow, I kind of strained right there. So he's straining, his, his finger is like fully out, and Adam is sitting back, His hand is on his knee, and his hand is like this. And all he needs to do is, boop. And he's with with God. He touches God, and he's abiding with God. We try to do so many things that don't help us. We need to abide in the vine. And finally, another band that I really liked from my childhood, the Moody Blues. My brothers and I would listen to it while we played Jet Moto on the PlayStation 1, if that helps you understand how old I am or how old they are. And it starts, it's a song called Questions, and has this like really dun 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 like really chaotic, you want to play it right now? I'm just kidding, Alan's not ready for that. Um, it's like, it's really chaotic and loud and aggressive. And he says, why do we never get an answer when we're knocking at the door? We have a thousand million questions about hate and death and war. And then he kind of settles down, gets to the chorus, and he goes, it's really tranquil. I'm looking for someone to save my life. I'm looking for a miracle in my life. Are you at that stage? Are you crying for help? Are you asking questions about death and life and destiny and hope? And do you have unfulfilled longings that are just deep in you? And you just don't know where to go. The answer, friends, is Jesus. And the answer is to abide in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. So I am on a journey. About five years ago, Kevin said something that sparked in me the need for, I need to get rid of social media. It is, it is not good for me. It riles me up. It makes me feel things and want to say things and blah, blah, blah. And I just kept denying it. I don't, I, I need it for my work. I need it to see my family, all that stuff. But I kept having these Holy Spirit nudges over and over and over again that it's going to be better for me and it's going to prune off some of the stuff that's keeping me from a deeper relationship with my Savior. And I finally made that decision. Cold turkey, all of it's gone. December 
By the way, they ask you if you want to reconsider. They give you a month to reconsider. So I'm past that month. The statute of limitations of Facebook, apparently. It's all gone. And I'll tell you what. I, that was what I needed. That was the garbage in my life that I needed to get rid of. I mean, it's one of 1,500 things of garbage I need to get rid of to make room for Jesus. So my question to you, and we're going to contemplate as we play the first part of this song, and that's what the handout is for, please, if you would participate with me, if you feel so led. What, what is the garbage in your life that is keeping you from experiencing joy and peace? From any of the fruit of the Spirit, what is it in your life that is keeping you, maybe it is truly just, I need to abide with the vine more. What is it? And if, if you wouldn't mind writing it down on that little scrap of paper, and then when you come up to receive the elements of communion, will you symbolically crinkle it up or rip it in half or whatever it is and throw it away? So that's where we're gonna go. If you guys wouldn't mind taking some time during the first part of this song to think about what it might be that you need to make room for and garbage that needs to be thrown away. So will you do that with me, please? So again, just a, a few logistics. After I'm done with this portion, the words of institution, 
If you would like to come up to receive the elements, if you wouldn't mind coming kind of down the middle, throwing away your garbage, grabbing them and then heading back and then waiting to take the elements. We're gonna do it once everybody has them. And then again, if you want some uh, self-serve, they're by Clayton in the back. So, the Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to them saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Feel free to come forward now.
which we break is the communion in the body of Christ. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for what you have done for us on the cross. We thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in you and for who abide in you and that the devil's schemes and accusations cannot stand against your love for us. And will we continue to be more and more like you, Jesus, and abide in you this new year?